Are you ready to rewind? Take a nostalgia-filled ride back to a simpler time. It's Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. And now your hosts, Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. Today, we're talking about the video store. My name is Joe Morata. I, of course, am joined by Michael Quinn. Hello there, Michael. Ahoy. 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 How are you doing today? How are you doing? Doing well. We're talking about the video store, and we thank you guys for renting some time oh. to be with us here. Uh, be kind. Please rewind this podcast all, when you're done with it. All the things they say. Yeah, all those places. things. Yeah. But thank you guys, in all seriousness, for checking us out yet again here. No late fees for this one, Michael. Uh-huh. Okay. I see. I see what you're doing. Yeah, I'm going to stop doing don't it before get, people get don't, upset. Don't let it all out now. No. More, we got to talk about all these gotta things. Got to pace this yeah. properly. But thank you guys for being with us in all seriousness. We hope you have enjoyed the previous three episodes in our That's back it. catalog. That's all there is. If this is your first time, we do hope you stick around. We have other things that you can check out. And you can follow us on Twitter at AWM Podcast. But Michael Quinn. Yes. Picture yourself, if you will. Okay. I'm uh, picturing. On a nice spring, maybe early summer day. Okay. In the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. And you get out of school, and it's a Friday. And your mom or your dad, your parents, your guardian, whomever, says to you, you know what? You want to go rent a tape? Yeah, rent a tape. Why don't we rent a video tonight? That was like one of the, the five choices of things or whatever. I'm just naming a number. But like you didn't have, as a child, there wasn't much you could do, right? Maybe going to the movies, going right. to the mall, perhaps. Maybe go eat. Go foot for food, yeah. Yep. Something like that. Your video store carries a wide selection of films. And so you go to your local video shop or perhaps one of your higher-end video stores. Depends on the era. Depends Honestly, on the era. There, depends there, on where you live. There's the indie era, and then there's the, the big corporations. The big corporation yeah. era, that's yeah. right. It's a mediaopoly. A mediaopoly. And you go in there, and there's boxes upon boxes of colorful different titles. Maybe you're looking in the comedy section, the drama. Mm-hmm. Perhaps there's those saloon doors. You don't want to go in there. Yep. And then there's the big uh, new releases section. New releases, which yeah. Is where, which is where everyone's huddled. There's like the, That's where the most of the people in the store are. The water cooler, if you will, yeah. of the video yeah. store. It's more open. It's usually there's no racks by the new releases. Right. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. they, they, know. they know. They need the foot traffic. Yeah. Or maybe you're renting a, a Super Nintendo game or a Genesis game. Yeah. I mean, Genesis does what Nintendo don't. And then sometimes you're like, could you please give me the instructions? And other times they have their own printed out instructions <laughs> yeah. that are weird that yeah, they just made up. Black and white and yeah. stuff like that. And one way or another, you rent whatever you're renting, and it is your entertainment, a piece of your weekend. Until that is it gets your brought weekend. Back. It is yeah. your weekend. Because that was always the thing, right? With the video stores, they were very. Fr- they were Friday was their big day. Yes, Friday. Everyone was a went big in day. there Friday, and then the return day is Monday or whatever. Yeah, or right? Sunday, depending. Yeah. Imagine the perfect video store. It would have a great selection, right? Right, over ten thousand videos, three evening rentals, so no rush, no hassle, fast checkout. 24-hour quick drop return, open late every night. And that is a form of entertainment and spending time that is completely now obsolete in 2023 and has been for a while. And there is a lot of romanticism about Mm -hmm. the video store. There is a lot of fondness and a lot of nostalgia. So, heck, why not talk about it here this week on Acid I would say it's an acid-washed memory. I would say it is, Michael. And as we often do here, we have to start all the way back at the beginning. 
What is a store? No. no. <laughs> well, store merch- is a place where merchandise is exchanged. There was the barter system, and then currency came about, and you know that, that's how we got stores. There you go. Fast forward a few thousand years, yeah. if you will. Why don't we actually take it to something called videotape real quick? Because okay. in the video stores, you rented typically now, this is, videotapes. This is interesting because at the dawn of videotape, it was more for like recording, right? Correct, people, people did not, you couldn't like purchase movies pre-recorded onto them. This remarkable tape has been recorded and re-recorded 100 times. Videotape as an actual concept originated well before VHS, well before VCRs. In fact, a lot of sitcoms in the 50s began to be taped on videotape. Mm-hmm. But this is not your consumer grade, you know, little cassette. This is big, giant, industrial like size the real size kind of thing. Pretty much. And obviously the difference between film and tape is that tape records signals magnetically. And whereas film is literally like the photographic process, but just 30 frames per second or but whatever it might be. But the advantage was tape was cheaper. Tape was cheaper. And it looked like crap. And it didn't look as good, but it was reusable a lot more easily because it didn't deteriorate to the degree that film could deteriorate right. and yellow and things over the years. Boring! So anyway, tape was around, but in terms of the VCR as we know it, there were a few beta versions, no pun intended. Uh-oh. On the early years, uh, in the 60s and the 70s, Philips had one in the very early 70s. Mm-hmm. There was also the Telescan Umatic yep. in the 60s, but it wasn't until Sony Electronics in November of 1975. Mm. So let's da- let's just quickly date that. That is almost... Sony. Sony. That's yeah. almost 50 years ago. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I, you know, I don't even think of it that way. To me, it's like right. 30 years ago or something. It's right? a long time ago. They unveiled the first consumer-level VCR, as we know it, video cassette recorder, known as the Sony Betamax, or Betamax if you're in England. If you've operated a color TV and an audio cassette recorder, you'll be able to operate the Betamax quickly and easily. Okay, so the Betamax, it's plus, was it had very good quality for its time, right? Very solid uh, tape quality, which was something sought after. However, Betamax had a a flat two-hour restriction, right? They could only do two hours. I don't even think it might have been an hour and a half. Maybe an hour and a half, something like that. It was that. shorter. It was short. Yep. So you you paid a price for that quality. And the thinking behind it was, like you said earlier, people would buy these new fangled VCR things. Record three p- television programs right. on that, right? You could time shift. Right. Meaning, oh, you, something is on, but you're not going to get a chance to watch it while well, you just set your VCR. You have mm-hmm. someone record it for you. Watch it at your convenience. The auto timer activates the system at the exact time you select. And that important program is recorded and preserved for your enjoyment and at your convenience. Pretty sure the Betamax players had timers and everything on them, I think too. they did. Primitive, yeah. but they did. Mechanical yeah. timers, I right. think, initially. And obviously, people weren't happy about that. People in the television industry sought to block the VCR because, oh, they're not going to watch our show when, when the ads are running. It's all about yeah. the money. We know that. Not to mention, I'm sure the film studios figured out really early on that people, the, the, t- the movie of the week, people will just record that shit. Yeah. Right? If it fit on the Betamax, that right. is. <laughs> so the next year... In the fall of 76, JVC, another electronics corporation, unveils its VHS format. Choose a JVC video home system and you'll get a picture as true and as reliable as JVC technology can make it. Now, VHS is the opposite. VHS is really long. The initial tapes, what were they, two and a half, three hours or something? In standard play, you could do two hours, but up to 
six hours in SLP or EP. SLP, but yes. the quality is garbage. It gets in, a lot worse. In comparison to beta. Relative, yes, yes absolutely. But suppose it's over three hours. Relax. Panasonic VHS takes up to four hours of sports, movie specials on one cassette. Wow. But you could record now full sporting events, right? Full movies, and the et length is all people cared about because we're mm. we're also living in a day where people don't know like 720p, 1080. Nobody knows resolutions. It was like whatever the TV is. I don't know. Like, yeah, and the TV is what it is. You can't get a better resolution back, out of magnetic that, tape. Yeah, back then I didn't know the TV's resolution was 240p or whatever. Right, 480, whatever it yeah. is. You can't upscale that. Yeah, like it's it's recorded onto the tape. It is what it is. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? However, it comes in from the TV is how it records. Right. So we're not going to get into the format wars too much today because that's going to be an episode one day, obviously, here. But the results of this format wars are as follows. You have two competing formats, which makes for a hot market, which means that people now have a choice. And not only that, that means that there's competition. Prices have to be at a reasonable level so Mm -hmm. consumers can afford to buy these new products. When you say reasonable, though, I mean, we're talking $80 or something for a tape. For a tape, yeah, hundreds for a VCR. That's a good point, Quinn. The VCR was cheap in comparison. The tapes would kill you. Yeah, and... I guess we should put this into perspective. In the 70s, these weren't widespread. I would argue, and I don't have the data in front of me, but I would argue they didn't really start to get more widespread adoption and become the fixture in the home until the early to mid-80s. Right. It wasn't something that everyone had upon its debut in 76. But we're still just talking the like recording era here, Correct. right? What but, do you put on these tapes? Right. But an important thing that we noted when you brought VHS into the picture was the length. Which is all anyone cares about. People were already recording movies and stuff on them. And eventually, the film companies got wise to this. Yes, they did. And they said, what if we threw some feature films out Mm -hmm. on VHS? Prior to this, the only way you could watch a movie after it was out of the movies was either if it came back to the theater... Yep. Or like if you had like a reel to reel in your house. Very or something. rare. Yeah, That's like some when, like Connecticut shit. That, not it's probably like celebrity shit, honestly. Like <laughs> it's, it's not Beverly even Hills it's shit. not even Connecticut shit. I think it's Connecticut shit. Yeah. Out in Bridgeport or one of those ports. Yeah, but then how did they get access to the, the reel to reels from the theater? Because usually the theater would have to give them back or you whatever. You know they a did. guy that knows yeah. a guy, you yeah. know what I mean? But you're right, Michael. Fell that, off the back of a truck. <laughs> yeah. You either had to have the reel to reel, wait for it to come out of the theater, or of course it'd have to be on TV and it's edited and there's commercials and stuff, right? Right. Which is a great segue into how this all came about. Theatrical movies, like Quinn said, weren't available for purchase on a consumer medium before this. Mm -hmm. You really couldn't do it, which sounds unfathomable now. Now, in Castle, Germany, there was a man by the name of Eckhard Baum. Oh, now he I guess he's the father of the video store in the sense that in 1975, he had a rental shop where people could actually rent the Super 8 reel-to-reels. Nice. So that's the initial concept. And I heard that um, in Japan, there also was a burgeoning market of independent shops in Tokyo or yeah. something. And they went as far as they, they would rent records to you and stuff, they like did. music and things y- like that. Yeah, right? and they got in trouble for that quickly. Yeah. But yes, they did. You're yeah. right. But in the United States, as far as the video store is concerned, there was a company named Magnetic Video founded by Andre Blay. And in the fall of 77, so we're only one year into VHS, two years into Sony Betamax, there was movies released on video cassette by Magnetic Video. Like Quinn said, the film studios made a deal. Yeah. Let's release movies for purchase. Magnetic Video Corporation is proud to offer the following major motion picture on video cassette. One of those studios was 20th Century Fox, and they licensed 50 different titles from their library. Wow, that's a lot to start. It is. In 
formats of both VHS and Betamax. They didn't know who the hell was going to... Nobody knew, right? Correct. So, so we got we to play it safe. We got to put it, it on safe. Betamax, right? Nobody knew yet. Yeah. So Magnetic Video would sell these uh, in a store and also sell them via mail. Now let's park that thought here. Magnetic Video, they have a deal with 20th Century Fox with movies, right? That's all well and good, but where's the rental come in? Right. Well, okay. The one thing I know about all this, that deal, Magnetic Video and all that business, yep. right? Those tapes were very, very expensive to purchase. Yes, they were. They were very expensive. Like, ridiculous. Like, they were. For the time, like $80, $90, something like that. Yeah, these were like precious at the time. Yeah. They didn't, this wasn't a widespread thing. Want to watch Wizard of Oz or whatever <laughs> they had? I don't know. 20th Century Fox, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars. There you yeah. go. I don't think Fox had a Wizard of Oz as yeah. MGM, right? Right. I think I so. Think CBS so. always ran it. CBS brings you an all-family special, The Wizard of Oz, Sunday at 7, 6 Central. Wizard of Oz has a lot of weird distribution deals. I remember seeing a VHS tape that said CBS Video on it. Or I remember that one, too, in my yeah. local library, now yeah. that you mention it. But in December of 77, a little bit after Magnetic Video got its deal, there was a fellow by the name of George Atkinson. And you know what he did? Brilliant. He invested $3,000. He bought one copy each of all the 50 titles for both formats. Mm. So he bought the whole catalog, right? Okay. And then he rented them to people via newspaper ads. Ah. But then he did open a store known as Video Station in Los Angeles. Interesting. The Video Station grand opening. So great, you'll want to put it on tape. Movie studios, meanwhile, have gotten pissed at Sony Entertainment for their Betamax, right? Yeah. They win a lawsuit initially. It goes through appeals and appeals and all this stuff. And finally, it gets overturned on like 84 that, no, sorry, Sony's allowed to do this. You're right? allowed to <laughs> tape stuff. <laughs> right. You're like. allowed to tape stuff. Because again, money. Yeah. And the studios really, you got to understand their point of view. At first, they thought this is going to limit people from going to the movies, but it did the opposite. No, it did the opposite because, well, it, it did two things, right? It shifted the market in the, there was a theater market, right? Which was, you know, you get to see it right when it comes out. Yep. And then they could make extra money off the home market, right? Correct. After the movie was out of circulation. Yeah. You know, coming to home video and it was like a big deal, right? Yeah. People that didn't get a chance to see it in the theater. They or, made or double the, the money, <laughs> right. basically. Exactly. Exactly right. They wasted a bunch of money fighting it in, in essence. And I get their initial reaction of like, well, we can't let this happen. But, but I don't think it they foresaw it. They, maybe they thought, oh, what's going to happen is it's just going to go right to the you know movie store. Right. And you're not going <laughs> to. But yeah. they got their cut and everything yeah. all yeah. worked out. Meanwhile, in 1982, as we enter the 80s here, video games have entered the video rental shops that are now popping up across the country. Which is another thing, and the reason, again, is because, you know, people complain today, now video games are getting up to 70 bucks. They were like $90 or something, <laughs> like, when I was a kid. I remember They were, like, some, ridiculous. I remember some expensive-ass uh, Super Nintendo games, like yeah. NBA Jam being one of them. Right. Remember like, that? So, like, I, that's why I always laugh when I hear people complain, especially now that inflation. We're talking, it was like, $90? <laughs> like 30 years ago. Like 30 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's just funny. It is. But again, it, it opened itself up to rentals. Exactly. So now not only movies, but the video game market. Ever feel like finding video games is harder than playing them? So by mid-1985, there were 15,000 video stores oh. already in the U.S., yes. In addition to the tapes being rented out of grocery stores, which I know that one of my local grocery stores did rentals. I remember that, too. There was one or something yeah, around here. Yeah, I think it yeah. was a ShopRite that yeah. did it for a while. Uh, drug stores rented them. A lot of different places rented them. It was popular, right? There, there was like little side businesses forming, right? Yes. Because it was just so easy. You just purchased a bunch of tapes, 
and then you just rented them. That was it, and it was just easy money. Some of the people that came into the business in 82, 83 felt that this was the great American dream. You quickly made your investment back on I the rentals. I even worked at a video store much later, but yeah. it was. But the concept, you know, they were just a family that owned a video store. Like they, it was they, in their name. But they, yeah, they, <laughs> it was in their name. But the funny part is, like, it was just an idea they had, and they said, "Why don't we just, you know, there's a little shop up the street. We'll, you know, rent out the space, and you know, and they did. Like that's how easy it was to get into this business. They just did it at the wrong time. Right, they did it at the wrong time. But <laughs> still, I think the point remains is that it was a very easy, like a starter business one of those that's why they popped up everywhere you're right because all you need is the space and then and you, just the capital to get the initial like yeah, tapes or whatever get the tapes and then just get it like a database of some kind yeah and that's it yeah i mean really that's really it that's the one i worked at was one computer yep. a couple of tapes and we just ordered new ones every week yeah i you remember know? it that was it one of the video stores that was formed in 1985 october to be exact was known as blockbuster video ah Founded by the David evil Cook. empire. Yes. Uh, David Cook had previously owned a software company. Nobody has the movie I want. Hey, if it's on video, Blockbuster probably has it. I mean, we have over 10,000 videos. By 87, to give you an idea of its rapid expansion, by 87, there were already 19 Blockbusters Jeez. within two years that caught on. Maybe the name, maybe the logo. I don't know what they were doing. Well, okay. So Blockbuster steps in, right? The big advantage to me of Blockbuster was, I don't know how they did it, but they... You know, one of the problems you went to when you go went to the video store, you're you're in a pool essentially, right? There's only so many of um, Die Hard Two on the store shelf. <laughs> Die Hard Two. You know, they yes. have, maybe they have three copies or something, right? right? Maybe if you're lucky. Blockbuster would have like 75 copies. They'd be able they to did. service an area, and there was a zillion blockbusters. So, like, even if all 75 were gone, it's like, oh, you just go down the street to the other blockbuster, and they got it. That's right? true. We had a couple in close proximity to each other. It around was just, here. it was quantity. That's how Blockbuster rose so quickly. I think you're right. I think it was rare to find something that you couldn't get, you know, because it was rented out they by somebody solved, else. They solved probably the only issue with the rental thing, right? It was somebody like, else what, renting it. Yeah, it was, some, it was beating somebody to it. Like, I remember even like in the later eras when they'd be like, We're, we guarantee we have it or <laughs> yeah. some shit, right? They did, yeah. They would say stuff like they, that. They did. Uh, and this company obviously everyone knows blockbuster here at least in the u.s they expanded really fast insanely fast by 1990 that's five years in a thousand locations <laughs> yeah they were just everywhere and, and it was in their business interest because that was the model was that there was just so many of them they were opening so rapidly it was like one a day at some point for yeah. a period of time but they became kind of the de facto standard and when people think video stores a lot of them uh, think blockbuster so let's talk about blockbuster a little bit the memories that people have of Blockbuster, I don't share a lot of them. I'm going to be completely honest with you, and this may ruffle a few feathers and get a few goats, but I never liked Blockbuster. Blockbuster, to me, was like a tool in the toolbox because, you know, we lived it, we had independent ones too. Yeah, I liked those a lot more. What Blockbuster sometimes could beat people with is that like sometimes they would just have way more in a certain genre than say a, a normal store yeah, that's like true. i remember i got really into like kung fu movies for a while right and i remember blockbuster just had like a vast array that was just not at the indie ones i'm a 60s movie buff and i've been to eight video stores in the last three days looking for the last movie i don't know the name that had both Peter Sellers and Woody Allen in it. Nobody has it. To me, Blockbuster was just, again, a tool in the tool chest, right? It was like, I'm looking for this. 
you know, should I get a ride to Blockbuster or should I get a ride to Heritage Video yeah, or right, something? Right. Your right? local it's video store. Whatever one. Yeah, yeah that was one exactly. of them. Exactly. See, Blockbuster to me is is like new Yankee Stadium. It always just felt to me like the corporate version of a video oh, store. Oh, it wasn't like a great experience. I didn't like it yeah. that much. I'm, I'm not just saying that to be contrarian or to be a hater. I never had any emotional attachment to Blockbuster. I went there when... Other people wanted to. It was right. never my first choice. But I mean, Blockbuster, you couldn't compete with the, with the amount of tapes they had. That was the only thing. They had a great amount of tapes, and they also focused on new releases. Mm-hmm. They had a big new releases section. That was the other thing. If you're, especially if your parents like, we want to rent Jurassic Park or something. It's like, yeah, they got that. Yeah. you know, like there's, you, it's you're wasting your time because you could go to the indie one. They might not have an ev- enough Jurassic Parks. Exactly. Like, yeah, and, and we know Blockbuster. I mean, they went. They became the king of of video rentals, like undisputed. I mean, the, by sheer volume and, and yeah. amount of stores. Open there was competitors over the years. But there, there was Hollywood Video. Hollywood um, Video was one of them. It was founded in 1988 by a guy named Mark Watley's, and uh, they went for the. It's the same exact model. It's just like we have a zillion billion yeah. tapes. Like it's like. How are you going to beat that blockbuster? And a Hollywood, obviously, yeah. blockbuster. You know yeah. what I mean? And Hollywood Video was, of course, formed in Portland, Oregon. So, <laughs> there, so there's that. Now get unlimited two-for-one rentals for 30 days, just $9.99 at Hollywood Video. You know, Hollywood even it was still a fraction of the reach and the, the volume that Blockbuster had. I remember, you know, if I went down Highway 1, there was one in <laughs> East Windsor that was big it was very very big yeah i think i know the one you're talking about it was like in a shopping mall and i remember being like wow hollywood video i've never seen this before and i went in there like once or twice and i it's actually like this is massive like yeah. the space was bigger it's, than a blockbuster it's, yeah it was, i think that was their kind of what they were trying to it's like oh blockbuster's big we're gonna get bigger right it, yeah it was kind of like bizarro world uh blockbuster yeah. it was like reggie's from seinfeld the other diner yeah yeah, yeah. Like you're gonna get the same thing almost you know and it's yeah. just a little bit different in here it's the sign like the blue they'd always compete with like the structure of the returns and stuff like that it's like well at hollywood video you get five days <laughs> and blockbuster only does three yeah they were very proud of like certain details there was like that that was like a, a war in itself was like, how long can you keep the tape? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It got to like impractical levels. Oh, my, definitely did. Yeah, at one point it was unlimited, by the, but that was by that the was end by later. like nobody cared anymore. That, that's during the nobody cares era. Yeah. Uh, but back to Blockbuster. Yeah. I mean, they had a ton of locations. They had the most notoriety and I never really liked them that much. I, I liked the, the family owned, the small business, small town ones more. Right. Well, the, okay. The ones where people were smoking like right behind the counter. Right. So let's talk about these places, right? Their advantage was one thing Blockbuster couldn't do. They would have the most popular stuff and you were almost guaranteed to find what you were looking for. Yeah. However, if you were looking for niche shit and especially like wrestling. Which we were both fans. We were fans of. Also just like like I was saying, kung fu before. Like, there's sometimes you find weird shit, like anime. You know, the all, special interest. Yeah, the nerdy, <laughs> sh- the real nerdy shit. Right? <laughs> they they had it. Documentaries. Yeah, documentaries. You, you know, like yeah. weird stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of what the indie stores filled that gap, right? The things yeah. that you couldn't get. You know. Yeah, and there was just something for my money. I mean, we had at least three or four quality local independent video stores right around where I lived, you right. know, which is was very close to where you lived. Mm-hmm. There was Easy Video. 
Yeah. There was uh, East Coast video. There was right. Spotswood video. And I like the Heritage video. There was Heritage video, right? There was real-time video. And I loved all these because they were all different. They had different selections of the niche things. What And sometimes in the video game department, you know. Yeah, like video games too. Different yeah. video games at each place, different wrestling tapes and, and stuff like that. And keep stuff longer. That was what the indie stuff does. Because Blockbuster, they have a ton but they have to keep circulating. Yeah, they churn. Right? They churn, right? They can't keep the old stuff. They sell it. So they would end up in the indie stores. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Or people would just buy it. Right. And Blockbuster also, to their credit, they would actually rent. You remember when they rented video game consoles out? I rented them. What'd you rent? Well, I don't know if it was Blockbuster or the indie stores, actually, now that I'm thinking, but I know I rented Super Nintendo like a million times before I had one. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Like every weekend to the point where like, it was kind of like this build up to like Christmas, basically. Oh, wow. My mom like just knew because I would ask her every week when we rent Super Nintendo. Because I don't, I don't even know what they charged for it. To be quite honest with you, I think it was like fifteen bucks. Yeah, something. it wasn't a lot. You got it for like three days. You got it, yeah, it's like a rental. Yeah, my brother rented um Virtual Boy once. They rented <laughs> that out. Yeah, briefly in like ninety five, and he hated it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it wasn't. Good. Well, I mean, it wasn't good. But, it was red. Everything but, was red. Yeah, but I. Could you imagine nowadays renting a video game console? They don't like do that Xbox anywhere. Like an Xbox or a right. PlayStation? Like that, never. Yeah, that would be never. bizarre. They yeah. don't do that anymore. No, and that was one of the unique things for this period of time. Blockbuster peaked in 2004, 2005-ish. That was actually their highest years. Now, obviously by then, DVDs have hit the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hit the market in 97 uh, in earnest. And, and that became part of the, that the became lineup. became part of the experience. Like, actually, like, a lot of people, you know, they call it the video store, but it did turn into a DVD business. A digital video store. Yeah, a digital video <laughs> store, but without the digital. Right. It was still physical. Correct. <laughs> yeah. A physical digital video disc store. Yeah. Stop. Uh, and Blockbuster then shifted their focus to DVDs. I mean, I think it was 2002 when the official shift happened where DVD sales overall yeah. officially eclipsed that of VHS. Well, that was when I started working at a video store. Yes, and it was. I have memories of that conversion. And you know what was, there was a couple advantages, especially for the indie stores. They were cheaper. Right. And you could hold more on the shelves. That was a big, finally. That's an inten- yeah, that's a tangible thing that people don't think about. Finally. They were actually like it was feasible for the independent source to order five copies, ten copies of a new release, just stack them back to back or whatever, right? They yeah. they, they could hold them there. Not only that, but the discs were cheaper, so a lot like cheaper. they so they were able to actually like keep up with Blockbuster a little bit. But Blockbuster just you know you know being Blockbuster, it's like we're gonna buy one trillion DVDs and. In, in, they did. That's probably when they started saying we guarantee a copy. That was uh, probably in the mid two thousands. Because they could they could probably order literally like a hundred copies to a store because discs were just so they so could cheap. store. They could. I mean, store, AOL knows how yeah, cheap they were. They were they were cheap, but they could they could they had the space for them in the stores. Correct. Right. So yes. it was like on top of it, it was just a good deal. They were buying everything. In fact, they bought Hollywood Video in two thousand four. They well, bought their that, competition. That was the end of them. Might have been a bit of a hostile takeover, but maybe we don't get into that. But I, I have to say, I mean, I was going back to how I was never a big fan of Blockbuster. I would wager, though, that there must be people who's only, you guys tell us, you know what I mean? Tweeted us at AWM Podcast that that was your video store, right? For, yeah. For many people, it had to be the video store. I know, I know out in the more rural regions, it was like the indie stores couldn't survive out there because there wasn't enough people. 
So like the blockbuster would bulldoze in, and they, you, you know they would. Yeah, so I, I think mean, it'd be the opposite. No, point. I see. I think because they have the capital to sustain losses initially when it opens, well, like to, to open the place up. So right? I would and think- then and then they get in there and they're irreplaceable. Right, nobody can come in. I don't know. I would think that in the more urban, you know, big city, you know, you get a, a giant blockbuster in there. Whereas the folksy, you know, Midwesterners, so but to the speak, big city could support an indie store and a blockbuster. Whereas a rural community know, might man. only have room for one store. Well, it's an interesting topic. You know, yeah. that's I'd be I'd be interested to see. You guys, and you on the other side of the pond or several ponds away if you're in Australia or something or up in Moose Territory, Kelly Smallwood Mm. and all you guys, let us know your video store stories. I mean, were you a blockbuster family like so many were? Did you even have a choice? Did you even have the choice? (laughs) Blockbuster and there's no video stores for like 30 miles. Right. Or maybe you liked Hollywood video. Yeah. They were popular. That's true. They were popular. They just weren't They probably had regions where they they were in command out there. Probably a little bit. I would imagine so. I would imagine so. Uh, We want to know your stories about that because uh, the video store is something that anyone, really anyone listening here can relate to, I think. I know in England, they probably have, you know, rental shoppies or whatever they're called over there. Mm -hmm. We love you guys. Don't worry. It's it's a little playful humor. But back to Blockbuster before we go on to what happened to them. Yes. They were booming. They were absolutely cruising high in the mid-2000s. Oh, my God. It was... If you remember. We were a blockbuster nation. Right. Yeah. Make it a blockbuster night. Yep. All the shit, right? I mean, even blockbuster, they got into f- popcorn and candy. And they did. You go and you're like, oh, I could just get everything from the movie theater and just take it home. And get a t-shirt, too, if yeah. you really want yeah. to. <laughs> you could. Wear my blockbuster t-shirt <laughs> while I'm eating my blockbuster popcorn and um, chewing on my blockbuster Twizzlers. I wear my blockbuster Buster hat, yeah, and all that yeah. shit while watching Godzilla from '98 or whatever. Right, <laughs> bullshit. That, that fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> It was very disappointing. I saw that in theaters, yeah, and I was like, "Why is it not as good <laughs> as I thought it was going to be? Why is it not as good? Yeah, period. Yeah, as anything that I've ever it's seen. True. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was an experience in itself to go to Blockbuster. I just didn't quite enjoy or have the same fondness for that experience. So I want to. I don't want any false pretenses here. I was I was a local video store guy, but and they were dropping like flies in the early two thousands. The one that you worked at didn't last long. No, uh, it, it really didn't. A couple of years. I mean, maybe longer than I thought it would. I mean, it's what oh four or something. I worked there. I watched the foot traffic decline (laughs) in real time. You did. I got out of there before it closed, though. Oh, I know you did. I had one that I discovered that was a converted Krausers uh, about 15 minutes from where I live. Dayton Video. Remember me raving about Dayton Video? I remember Dayton Video. You remember it? Oh, I've been in there. Yeah. I love that. I still have my card somewhere in one of my old wallets in one of my drawers somewhere. (laughs) Little handwritten, you know, my name, Joseph Murata on there. Yeah. I fell in love with that place because this is 2004 or 2005. I discovered the later it. years where this indie one still existed was very special because they would very. they had old ass shit in there like that you could not get a blockbuster what? had long since rotated. Oh. It wasn't even like it wasn't even like they had just rotated it out. It decade was like, ago, de- they had <laughs> rotated it out a decade ago because they're like we don't have the room for this during the Dukakis election. Yeah. They're like, we don't we can't keep this we, tape we, from we, 1987. It just isn't moving, guys. <laughs> right. We gotta we gotta sell it. And I fell in love with it because it was all videotapes. I, if they had DVDs, it was like a very small portion of their yeah. store. It was all VHS tapes wrestling mm-hmm. which was my 
passion, you know, right. uh, back then. I just loved that place, and it sadly did close a few years later, but man, did I love that video store. I just have much better experiences with the dirty rug type places, with yeah. the, the weirdo working behind the counter. Or the local kid. Or the local kid, yeah. yeah. I just, there's something very homey and very just mm, cozy about it's that. It's good. It is good. No, I, li- I like these places. It's just, like I said, mixture, toolbox. Like toolbox. It, was, it was kind of, for me, I would go to whatever had what I needed. Yeah, but Blockbuster for me was like that screwdriver I never used. I had a Blockbuster I mean? card and I had my indie cards also in my <laughs> wallet. I don't know, man. Going to Blockbuster, it felt like you are going to the bank or something. It felt like you are going to Chase Manhattan or some shit walking into Blockbuster. Yeah, but the, the homogenized, the, the checks from Chase Manhattan crap. never bounce. Yeah, it's like the, the problem. But Blockbuster never didn't have what you were looking for. Nope, and it seemed like things were just going to stay that way. I right. mean, how could it not? They how were how could co- movies go out of style, right? They, they never would. Hey, Blockbuster went from the VHS era to the DVD era seamlessly. I'll tell you what, at, at this point in time, I thought, oh, Blockbuster's just going to be a thing forever. Right. And eventually, there's going to be no other video stores but Blockbuster. It seemed like we were yeah. heading that direction. Uh-huh. But we'll have to find out what happened to Blockbuster and video stores in general when Acid Wash Memories returns on the other side of this break. I'm broke, but I'm happy. I'm poor, but I'm kind. I'm short, but I'm healthy. I'm high, but I'm grounded. I'm sane, but I'm overwhelmed. I'm lost, but I'm hopeful, baby. And what it all comes down to. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting the world premiere of Blockbuster Video Value Packs, starring your three all-time favorites, movies, your favorite soft drinks and popcorn in Take One. One movie, one soft drink and one popcorn. Take Two. Two movies, two soft drinks and one popcorn. And Take Three. Three movies, two soft drinks and two popcorns. Take home a Blockbuster Video Value Pack, now playing at a Blockbuster near you. Make it a Blockbuster night. All right, gang, what movie should we see tonight? Magic! I want Big Bird! (laughs) Okay, kids, come with me. At USA Video in Feasterville, this membership card is the key that brings the world of home entertainment to you. With thousands of movies to choose from, there's something for everyone. And USA Video does more by offering many specials, like their Rent One, Get One Free on Mondays, and their Children's Rent One, Get One Free special all week. Others say more. USA Video in Feasterville does more. Welcome to Taco Bell. Can I take your order? Uh, let's see. One thousand burrito supremes, seven hundred Mexican pizzas, and one of those new gorditas. Hey, Godzilla, want something to drink? Godzilla's at Taco Bell on four collector cups, and now you can put them in a cool Godzilla cup holder. Get them while supplies last. And now we return to more acid-washed memories. And welcome back to more acid-washed memories. We're talking about the video store. My name is Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn over I'm there. Here. You are here, and we thank you guys for being here with us. It's a lot of fun to go through some old things. That's what we do here, a retro pop culture celebration. We're celebrating. Nostalgia-filled ride back to a simpler time, as but, Alyssa says. Yeah, as they say in the opening. That's what she says. And you can follow us, please, on Twitter and say stuff to us at AWM Podcast on Twitter. Also, if you still have a Facebook, 
we have a group there where we talk about the old stuff too. It's fun. You want to talk about your old tapes, your yeah. old VHS video stores? Um, talk. Talk about it. Just search Acid Washed Memories. Join the group and it'll be a really fun time there. So, Michael Quinn. Yes. Blockbuster riding high in the mid-2000s Blockbuster here. Blockbuster Empire is strong. Yep, and that's The a, force is strong with, the the, force is strong. with Blockbuster. And what they rented a time. Star Wars. What a time that was. <laughs> yeah, they rented Star Wars. They did. And the Empire yeah. struck back because it bought Hollywood video. Yeah. But enough puns here. What a time that was because you had cable on demand, mm-hmm. right? You had your DVD player. Right. I'm talking most people. You had probably cable or high-speed internet by that point, right? right? Most people. Not AOL, as we discussed last Not week. Not yet. <laughs> Not anymore, yeah. I'm saying. No. I mean, uh, you had the you had AOL for part of this shit. Yeah, maybe for part of it. Like the second half, <laughs> yeah. the sad half. <laughs> like. But a couple of things started to happen right around the mid-2000s. We have to roll it back a little bit to the late 90s when a company known as Netflix was formed. Go to Netflix.com, make a list of the movies you want to see, and in about one business day, you'll get three DVDs. So this Netflix comes along. So they had an interesting spin on this, right? One of the things that was kind of annoying about the video store is you were kind of like... I don't want to go there. Like, right. cause it's always a madhouse. Like, especially on Friday, <laughs> especially the lines are long. Yep. It's just kind of shitty, right? Yep. Netflix had a novel idea. It's like, there's this new thing, the internet. We can have a site where you just say the tape you want. Or did they do VHS at any point? No. They, okay. They only did DVD, right? Yep. So DVD, they, when that came along, Netflix came and said, look, if you tell us what you want, we'll send it to you. And you don't even have to, like, you can return it whenever you want because yeah. we're just in some fucking warehouse. We have, like, 1,000 million copies of this shit, right? Yeah, and you pay just a monthly subscription fee. You pay a Not monthly. You're, it's kind of like being in a club. That was kind of how they pitched it, right? It, it's like, like the old school record clubs and right. stuff, you it know? It was like, if you join us, like, you can just pick as many. We'll send you 10 things, like, and, and it's part of your membership. So yeah. that was the other advantage, right? It was like, usually you, you were paying per tape or dvd at netflix you could get you know a season of a show or you know yeah. you could get the entire uh indiana jones movie series all on dvd yep. and they would just send it all to you and it showed up pretty Within quick a couple days at the most yeah it was not i feel like it was like amazon time it was like almost like two days or something and during a period of time where the mail was still not known for its speed like we, we yeah. didn't have amazon the way we do now we had it whatever it was going on with netflix they had a really good infrastructure with it well if you notice the way those came and i'm sure some of the people most of the people listening remember this Even like uh, paper they came in a paper envelope with just the dvd in there mm-hmm. so you very low cost shipping which they I think they had there was plastic or like yeah, one like of those like those plastic kind of like it's the exact size of the disc yeah it's thing, like a sleeve. So it wouldn't break they had a great model i would imagine little conjecture here but i would imagine very little handling needed you just mm-hmm. pop it into the thing very little shipping cost they probably amortize that into the subscription fee yeah you know what i mean so the customer didn't pay shipping you know what i mean yeah and you got it quick because it is small. It just can get, they can get bulk sent through the channels and right. get to I your door. I also want to um, give some props. Uh, another one modified Netflix's idea a little bit and was very popular was Redbox. While Netflix and Blockbuster battle over the DVD rental market, a new competitor, Redbox, is gaining traction with movie rental kiosks like these. Redbox. And what Redbox did instead is they put little like booths like these machines like almost like vending machines right yep but they had like touch screens on them so it looked kind of fancy this was clever to me they put them outside like convenience stores 7-11s 7-11s yep. um like all sorts of quick checks malls. yeah near malls wherever 
And the idea was they also had a ton of movies. And again, this goes to the, you can just store tons of DVDs in a very small thing. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. And in the machine would just feed you out what you rented, but it did it per rental, like, blockbuster so it mixed it kind of mixed the thing together but it was you didn't have to wait in a line well sometimes there'd be a line on the red box machine rare yeah (laughs) but you could go what was interesting is i remember this happening a lot of times when i was a kid actually you have a sleepover or something you didn't decide you wanted to rent a movie until later red box was always open you yeah. could go to a red box in the middle of the night. You could go, you know, you could go to red box at six in the morning. Yeah. And it didn't matter. It was just always renting DVDs. It's like an ATM for movies. Right. Was, you know, so that's an interesting point, Quinn. So now we've got Netflix mail away system, right. which started in the late nineties and really started picking up steam in the two thousands. We've got red box kiosk essentially, yeah. right? A self-service movie rental. 24 kiosk. hours a day. I guess 24. that's their advantage, right? Yep. We've also got cable on demand started to pick up and it, right. it was more primitive, Right. But you could start to more easily with the click of a button, rent a movie for have four to, bucks. You didn't have to call the company anymore, the cable company. They they integrated a system called on demand, actually, that it was like you said, it looked like a TiVo or something. It was like a yeah. very basic menu. And it's just like, do you want to pay two ninety nine for yeah. this movie? And yeah. Hit movies without leaving home. On demand with Comcast Digital Cable. And then you had it. Yeah, and it was just zapped right to your TV. No calling, no waiting. It usually worked. You had to upgrade the cable box, though, to get that. Remember, that was the the, the one that was like wider and (laughs) like really big. Yeah, a lot of vents on it, I remember. It was just it was just literally like a PC or something. Like I remember I took the top off once because yes. I was that kind of kid. And like I was like, what is in here? It's just a circuit board. Of course it is. But it's like a really big long one. Didn't we have one of those uh, when we lived in that house together? Didn't we have one of those until like 2015? Yeah, with and the, then, like with the like it showed the channel and yeah. the, the old And then you're like, enough of this. We don't need cable anymore. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. We have PlayStation yeah. or or like an Apple TV or yeah. something. There's something to be said for that. But yeah, so now we've got all alternate mediums, alternate ways to get movies very conveniently. You have the Netflix mailway, you have a kiosk, you have your cable box. But still, the blockbuster empire was still strong. Very strong. These were early attempts to kind of jostle blockbuster, right? It was like mail away, kiosks, on demand, Mm -hmm. like none of them got the full thing, the convenience, the quantity of videos, etc. Right, the functionality. Yeah, the functionality, all of that shit. None of them got it. Until one of the competitors here made an upgrade. That would be Netflix, who started streaming in 2007. But I want to I wanna do one thing real quick here. I want to dispel a little bit of a myth that has permeated Blockbuster's legacy in the sense that it wasn't that Blockbuster was not aware of the potential competition of Netflix as a mail-away and then streaming service or Redbox or on-demand or anything. They were aware. The problem is... They tried to eat their cake and have it too. Mm-hmm. They tried to hang on to their traditional model, but also veer into. There was like a mail away blockbuster. Exactly in two thousand four. I swear they even tried to like an app at some point. They did, but that that's that's we got to wait for net. We yeah, got to get know. into Netflix first. If they talk did about that, yeah. But they and they also had their own uh, kiosks, a yeah. la Redbox. So they they tried to they try to fight a war on multiple fronts. Right, and when you do that, you're not focusing on any one front entirely. And here's the thing: is Blockbuster even with all that competition, right? Blockbuster had a tangible advantage. There was an attachment people had to just go in. 
the experience. The, you would go to Blockbuster. Like, that's one of the things, and I think we'll get to it in the nostalgia, but there's that aspect of walking in there and spending, like, 20 minutes, like, just flicking through movies yeah. and, like, kind of reading the back of the boxes and stuff. Pacing around, being that, indecisive. Yeah, and Blockbuster kind of had that, and they didn't even realize that that was an advantage. The people could put their hands on the boxes. They could look at them. They could make a decision. Maybe they come in and they buy it, get another one because they'd be like, oh, this looks really good also. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? They, they kind of had a, they did have a way of kind of competing. There is something to be said for the appeal of physical media. There's yep. something to be said for the way the eye catching display of, of thousands of boxes, you know? And, and let, you know, as much as you didn't like Blockbuster, it was very slick in there. They, it was what, <laughs> what I mean to say is the presentation was it was it very was slick, but that's was, not what I'm looking for. It was well lit. I don't it, want that. And it had aisles and aisles dingy. Of, of films. <laughs> I want yeah. dingy and smelly, man. Yeah, I'm just saying. I do. I, I'm not kidding. But most average Americans <laughs> don't. They wanna, most average Americans are dingy and smelly, Quinn. They decorated Blockbuster like it was a movie theater, but like it wasn't also. It was yeah, a movie theater owned by Rockefeller. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. Anyway, by Steinbrenner, yeah. maybe. But anyway, yes. So streaming. Something that when we were growing up, I mean, we were talking a little bit about AOL last week, this right? Like magic when this came yeah. out, like, and on demand had it, but it was like all slow and shitty. It was it was crummy. Yeah. Yes, and I remember you saying last week it took you all day to download a song, right? You know, back in the fifty six k days. Yeah, it was inconceivable to me that we would one day be able to just literally flip through any friggin' thing we wanted so, on the internet. So suddenly, the, the the one technology that makes this all happen is broadband internet. Back to the broadband. Because now, the, the, the requirement was pretty basic, looking back, to download a movie. I want to say they, they were saying you had to have one meg internet or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it wasn't that. too it, bad. It was like, I, I think later on, they you know when they moved up, they said you have to have four meg. Like, even yeah. to this day, I think like for like 4K, it's like six to 12 meg, which is again, nothing. It's not, yeah, exactly. It, it's, 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 it's not much. It's not much. So, but it, but it took a while to get there, but broadband kind of crossed the barrier where it was possible to get like 720p or something like that. Yeah. Like a, a very low, high definition for the time. Yep. On these newfangled flat screen TVs, and yep. we're only 720p anyway. What was interesting about Netflix, right, is the initial problem they had was that you could only do it on a computer. Yes, right, because you correct. had to do it on a. Uh, so that made it um, hard to push it. But very quickly they realized they they offered, and remember this is how we got it in the living room mm-hmm. on PlayStation Three. Yep, and I, I think they did it on Xbox too. Both of them didn't necessarily have apps. You could only download games on them, right? But Netflix said, they made a deal, I guess, with the video game console makers, and they said, can we release a disc that has the software on it, and you just put it in, yep. and when you want to watch a movie, it's essentially, it's just like a web browser. It was like very primitive. Very but it, primitive. But it was basically Netflix on a disc. Yeah. And the software, and it would just connect to the servers and populate the stuff. And today I'm going to tell you about the Netflix experience on PlayStation 3. And that's they were off to the races. Like all of a sudden it became very easy to watch Netflix in your living room. Yep. If you had a video game console. Absolutely. And before long internet and more people started getting high speed internet, right? Before long, even those consoles allowed you to start downloading the Netflix app from their storage. You didn't even need, it was within like a year. It wasn't long. Yeah. It was like, it was almost like the consoles realized, 
oh, we we need to put this in our <laughs> like this is a, a seller for the system, right? Right. Yeah. It's like we need to have Netflix in the the PlayStation digital store, right? right? Like, <laughs> it's like, true though. Yeah. And eventually, you it would find its way to things such as Apple TV, which came out uh, several years later. But Blockbuster, like I said earlier, they were aware of this. And there seems to have been not a rewriting of history, but maybe a misunderstanding of history. Yeah. That Blockbuster was like, oh, that'll never work. We're not afraid of Netflix. Let's not worry about them. That's well, not what it was. Well, I think what Blockbuster thought, and they were right to think this too, is is Blockbuster had years and years and years of connections with the movie industry so they could get their hands on the new releases. And faster. Right? Netflix, if you recall, did not have a lot of new releases. Correct. That was their see, Netflix was competing with like quantity. They had a lot mm-hmm. and they the rotated a lot and things didn't really go away in the beginning either. But also what Netflix did, which was really smart to compete with that, is like, well, you got movies, we have TV shows, and they'd have entire TV series. It's like, still on, one of their on, big selling points. On Netflix. Yeah. And that was a huge draw. Yeah. Right? It was. Yeah. It was because that's still one of the reasons I love Netflix. Yeah. Is because TV series were on right. there. You know what I mean? And they have original programming now, which has came much later. And they just have straight up movies. Like and They still do. They still get, like, I, I think I watched Forrest Gump recently again for the millionth time <laughs> on fucking Netflix, like recently. It's not like, but this is, to me, it points out what Netflix started to do to get at them was this hodgepodge. And the convenience. So people would say like, well, you know what? I could go to Blockbuster or I could watch this movie that's a little older, but maybe I didn't see it or I want to watch it again right now. (laughs) Just the click of my remote. Listen, a lot of times convenience is going to win out. Right. It's the main reason people adopted the microwave so quickly. Cooks food fast. Yeah. Is it the best? Is it the best? Probably not. Yeah. You know, is it the same as a conventional convection oven? Eh, Probably not. But it's fast. It's mm-hmm. convenient. And in this fast-paced world in which we live, obviously, people want convenience. And what better convenient place than with your pants down, you know, on your yeah. couch? And Blockbuster already was, <laughs> prior, it was the convenience. Well, that's the thing, You know what yes. I mean? It was just in your neighborhood, and it had all the movies you wanted, and you maybe you didn't even need to go to the theater, right? Exactly. And, like, is it now, now Blockbuster's getting trumped on convenience. And that's really, I mean, ultimately the demise of Blockbuster went so did the video stores. The indies didn't have, they were already dying, but Blockbuster killing them. Now, Netflix, Redbox, and all the other bullshit. What are you going to do, right? It's like they're just getting hit on all sides. But what the thing is about Blockbuster, and this is very interesting, this was not planned, but much like America Online, its purpose and function was just gradually phased out of people's lives. Right. Its necessity was eliminated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like AOL, as we mentioned yeah. last week, was the bridge to get people onto the internet, figure out what they want out of it. Blockbuster's purpose was, hey, you, we got all the new movies. Yep. We got all of this. But once it became available to get these movies, which is what the people want, is to watch the thing. But right? get them even faster. Get them faster, more conveniently, no late fees, monthly subscription, and that's it. Monthly subscription, that's it. And we're, there's going to be a ton of movies on tap. And people, you know, people tend to forget that the early days of Netflix, they had a lot of shit. 
Like, it's not like now. It's not like now. It, like, there, there was no other streaming thing. So, like, yeah. there was no place, other place to park all these movies for the movie companies to make an extra buck, right? That's so, they, a great they point. started just dumping stuff. There's only Netflix. They're the only game in town. Yeah. I mean, Hulu like, didn't pop up until a few years later. Yeah. Once exactly. Netflix started streaming, right? Yeah. Uh, there was no Peacock. Yeah. You know, there was no CBS So, there was Paramount. like a magical time where Netflix was practically blockbuster. Like yeah, on, on, the on, the on the internet, yeah, the internet. it was like insane. Yeah, and remember, even Netflix. I remember they were they, they were so smart when they went head to head with Blockbuster because there was another thing they did, and I remember this in the app. If they didn't have a movie for streaming on Netflix, and you were a Netflix member, of course you were because you're on Netflix, yeah. right? You could um, click the movie and they'd send it to you on yeah. DVD. They put it right in the software. They were still, yeah, that's right. Because they, they, there was right. a point when they were doing both. They were still doing their mail away until the early part of last decade, the 2010s. You know what I mean? Essentially, it was like, look, you search for a movie. Is it on DVD or is it streaming yeah. right now? Yeah. And you had the choice. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, it was just so smart and blockbuster. I don't know how they could have competed other than trying to make an app, which is what they tried to do. They did. I mean, the first one they tried, they got in bed with Enron, but we know what happened to Enron. Yeah. Well, that was that never going to work. work. This is a demonstration of the graphic user interface for the Blockbuster Enron uh, video on demand service. That's just like an. That's unfortunate. <laughs> that's like, it's yeah, very unfortunate. Yeah, that's just that's just like literally like what the fuck. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what could go wrong? Yeah. No, I know. Um, Nobody knew Enron was bad until they were bad, right? right. <laughs> you know, exactly. But let me ask you this, Quinn: If it wasn't Netflix when it was, do you think that Blockbuster would have figured it out and it would have been Blockbuster instead of Netflix? Because I do. You know what I think? The writing was on the wall anyway. Because even if because it always comes back to one thing, the fucking telecoms. <laughs> they were going to eat their lunch on cable on demand as on demand got better and better and better as they could get faster and faster boxes in the home. And sure. You know what I mean? The software could run better and better and better. It was only a matter of time. Netflix had to strike when it striked because of like the cable companies were already doing what they were doing, essentially, what they were trying hmm. to do. I think Blockbuster wouldn't have made it even so because... At the end of the day, physical media was going to die with video. You know, and a lot of people are don't like that. A yeah. lot of people are still huge proponents of physical media because you own it. Right. Once you buy it. But it gets old and it breaks. It can. D but all discs, those discs from the 90s now, like PlayStation 1, yeah. music CDs from that time, they're starting to actually get disc rot now. And what that is, is it means like it, it's actually degrading. And so they, when even a little bit of a disc <laughs> degrades, it doesn't play. Hmm. Even they have a shelf life. I guess everything has a shelf life. Obviously, yeah. the video rental store did. But we like to end on happier notes here. We like mm -hmm. to talk about positive things. So, yes, Blockbuster, as we all know, they went down further and further and further and further. Until and, there was like one store in Alaska yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And they made a documentary about closing it. And the last one's closed. Yeah. And uh, I personally think that Blockbuster could have hung on longer if it had focused on, well, you know what? We're going to start closing all of the, the brick and mortar stores and we're going to do what Netflix is doing, but we're going to figure out how to do it better and make more money. Yeah. And I think that had, was one of their problems. What's crazy to me is that I keep saying capital, but it's true. They had the capital to hire software developers yeah. to make an application. Yeah. They had all the connections with Hollywood to get, maybe they could have gotten new releases 
faster yeah. than even even say the cable company right. or Netflix or the future streamers. Yep. But ultimately, they just they didn't. They they just didn't do it. They just they clung the on to this this brick and mortar thing while also trying to like kind of half acidly do the mail away and their kiosk. Right. They just thing. kept doing they they thought they could do everything exactly. Right? And eventually, maybe they thought that I'm thinking their thinking was that we'll just do everything and whatever one becomes the most popular, we'll just take that. Right. Right. So once Netflix gets popular enough, oh, we'll just step in and just don't we'll get out of here. Netflix we will take over. We're blockbuster. Right. right. And nobody, everyone was like, by the time that happened, by the time streaming got popular enough and everyone had good internet connections, everyone's like blockbuster. What the fuck is that? It became, like, you know what I mean? Like it became obsolete. Yeah, it really did. It became, why am I going to go to a yeah you know what I mean? yeah but even by the time there was a blockbuster app people were like well netflix has all this shit you know i'm not going to subscribe to blockbuster right you know what <laughs> exactly I mean? though yeah i mean it, listen like we said earlier its purpose was eliminated when's the last time you called a restaurant to order food <laughs> nobody does that <laughs> well, yeah, exactly no. i mean maybe maybe some older folks still prefer that even as for method. a reservation fine, like, you use open table right. app now like nobody interacts with people do you to, like <laughs> to, to, to do and like make do something as rudimentary as a order food a reservation it's like you can tap something and then it tells the person to do it like to make the food or send me the video or whatever <laughs> but it's true yeah. Like Wawa has had self-service kiosks to, for your sandwich for 20 yeah. years or something, right? Yeah. You don't have to stand there and order it. You know, here's convenience. A, you know, here's a funny one we didn't even talk about with um Blockbuster why <laughs> what was also hurting them? What? Amazon. <laughs> because uh, yeah. also if say you just wanted the movies, yes. like that was the other thing is when DVD came out, it lessened the price even more. Like VHS was a lot, but DVD was like twenty bucks or something. Yeah, yeah. People were just like ordering shit on fucking Amazon. Yeah, that's like, you true, know, Quinn. Or they were even like going to Best Buy and just like building their collections. You yeah. know, if they were going to go to a store, that's a good put. Best Buy, Walmart. Yeah, Walmart, Walmart, was Best Target. Yeah, I just remember, it, and it's unfortunate because you know who's who's like a weird competitor in all this we didn't mention. Suncoast video. Well, so- <laughs> they were like they were like first to the game on the like buy the videos instead of rent them thing. Yeah, they were a video store that only sold you tapes. Everyone on my list loves movies. That's why I go to Suncoast. Which was cool was at the time because me. they would get weird shit that wasn't at Blockbuster, yeah. right? They got their lunch eaten by the the electronic stores and then Amazon. And then Amazon, I mean, Amazon, yeah. between Amazon and Netflix, I mean, yeah. people had no need to walk into a store to do any of this What anymore. a bizarre, like, market that just eventually just turned into streaming just only. It did, and yeah. that's, that's kind of the point we're getting at here, yeah. is that it had its purpose, but, I mean, once better tools become available that better uh, suit the need of the consumer, that's what winds up getting the widespread use. And this was a case, I mean, most people have microwaves, like yeah. I said earlier, because yep. they're convenient. Mm-hmm. Same thing here. Could you still walk into a brick and mortar store if it was there? Yeah, but it's more of like a novelty now to do oh, so. yeah. Right? Like, yeah. oh, look, tapes or whatever. You, the, know? you know what I think is ironic about all this before we go into the, um, some fun memories here? Yeah. You know who survived all of it? Who survived all of it, Michael? The movie theaters. The movie theaters. <laughs> like, they did. Like the the OG just never goes away. I guess because you can't. They're like the source, right? <laughs> Unless you're in Connecticut, like we said. Yeah. You can't really replicate 
the movie. That experience. Yeah, yeah, the big speakers, that the IMAX. Big. Right, the, yeah, the IMAX. 3D in some cases. $17 popcorn. Yeah. I mean, you can't replicate it's that. It's like a twin. fucking event <laughs> right? Like when you go to the movie. It is, it, though. It, yeah. It's like a multi-hundred dollar event if yeah. you want to take a yeah. couple of people there yeah. and eat. Uh, but then, especially when AMC Lowe started doing the dine-in theaters, like, oh, get, yeah. get away from me. You can't beat that. Oh, my goodness. That is, it's incredible, the dine-ins. I've done that with yeah. my wife before. Well, we were married, actually. We weren't even dating. We did a few. Have you had to take the lad yet to the movie theater? No, you know, we didn't. I mean, because of the you know, yeah. pandemic for a while. But right. I was actually, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I was thinking of that the other day. Got to eventually go. Right? I got to take him to the theater. I wanted to like a couple years ago. We just couldn't really. You got to find the right film. For me, you mean. Well, maybe for him. You can go to like a kid's thing. I have to sit there too, I'm saying. I need to want to see it. It has to be a balance. When well, it has to be a kid's film, but I yeah. have to want to see it. Right, exactly. You know, So folks, let me know your suggestions. AWM Podcast. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it just became obsolete. And it's sad in a way, but I don't know if it's that sad because yeah. <laughs> it's still an activity. Like you still, like at 37 years old now, I don't think I'd want to be walking around the video store. I don't know. Maybe I would. Mm. It's much easier for me to sit down on my couch and say, oh, let's check Netflix. Let's check Hulu. Yeah. Let's check Peacock. Let's check Disney, Amazon Prime. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. all of them. There's like a zillion. I suppose I could put my shoes on while I do it yeah. and pace around to make it more authentic, you know? Or you could just turn on HBO Max and find something. Exactly. Yeah. Do I have that? I don't know if I have that. I don't think so. <laughs> but, I mean, memories of video stores. Obviously, folks, we want to hear yours. Quinn, any experiences that you wanted to share here? I had mentioned the kung fu thing, but <laughs> yes. it was also like anime and just action shit. I used to Good love action. I just used to love that time being in the corner of the video store where like nobody was and just like finding weird ass shit. You like just, that? Like, I don't know why. Like it just there's a feeling, right? It's like it's almost like somebody's stocking this store and they know me. Right? <laughs> it's like they know what I want. Right? To a degree, I felt that way with wrestling. Yeah. When I would go look for wrestling tapes. And there was nothing like, you know, finally finding it, and then they, they take the thing off of it, and, <laughs> and the, you know, they, they give it to you, and then you're like, oh, I want the popcorn, the one that, like, it comes in the bucket with the... You used to get... You bought that, huh? All the time. <laughs> because you know why? Why? That shit was great, because it was, like, really heavily buttered. For, oh, God. Like, even more so than you the most kind you could get at the... Like, it was, it was like... Ridiculous in comparison. I can believe that's not butter. I mean, yeah. just put it down. Whatever the hell it was, it was amazing when it came in that bucket shit. The only downer was it wasn't as much popcorn. But it's a bucket. Yeah, it's a bucket. Who full doesn't of want a bucket? Overly buttered popcorn, <laughs> like the kind when you go to the movie theater and you're like literally dousing your shit in popcorn. See, yeah, I don't. I don't but. It's not just Blockbuster. Oh, 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 sorry. So that's like the 50-50 for me. So right, there's Blockbuster, that half. Sure, yeah. And then there's the the independent stores. Yes, and my favorites. And all the wrestling tapes. The little guys. That I would rent at the store. And I would just, I would spend so much time and be like, should I get SummerSlam 92? Or yes, should always. I get WrestleMania 7? Or whatever. Also a good choice. Like, and just, I would just look at these, and they had the, the big boxes there oh, still. The big the, oversize, yeah, the from big, 90 to 92. Yeah, they, they had that. Loved it. I adored these places. And on top of it, the video game selection at the Independent, the Heritage that I was talking about, not only they would rent you the systems, and I definitely rented the system from there, the Super Nintendo, but I remember renting F-Zero and oh. Turtles in Time there. Oh, I definitely and, rented Turtles in Time. And all those. Time. And I remember the cool thing in Mega Man X... And I remember that they had these custom-made 
instruction manuals printed in the plastic boxes that even had like tips and some of them yes, had codes. I remember those. And I was like, oh, these are weird. And like they would like tell you things. And I thought that that was like the one of the coolest. That's what I was joking about the instruction manuals earlier on. Yeah. Well, because some of the video stores would just use the real manual. Mm-hmm. From the if, as if you bought the game, but then it get all shitty. It get all shitted up. But someone would spill like jelly on it or something. <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> right? But then like pages. But missing. then the other stores would laminate the the like yep. pre-made manual <laughs> yeah. into the fucking box so you couldn't fuck it up. They're all. <laughs> Their own like cheat sheet, basically, like yeah. how to play, and I have like weird pictures sometimes that were unauthorized. It oh yeah, was, no, it's so, they, they were not. Nothing was authorized to control Mario. <laughs> yeah, press B, and they were clearly printed by like the company that they got the things for the the tapes from the tapes or not the tapes, the video games from. Yeah, yeah, videotapes, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> what are you, my mom? Yeah. calling them tapes. My mom called them too. Yeah, yeah. you renting any videotapes? Video, no. But she meant games. Vi- game tapes. Game tapes is what you're. Yeah, <laughs> video game tapes. Like, I'll tell yeah, you. that's what my mom would say. Video game tapes. Video game tapes. I like to, that d- to distinguish them from because uh, she just called any movie a tape. A tape. Yeah, gotcha. I um, my fondest memories are of course piracy and. Uh-huh. <laughs> So yeah, you were you were more a copier, right? So no. You, would you rent movies and copy them for what purpose? Because you already watched it when you rented it. No, I rented uh, wrestling tapes and copied oh, okay. them. I gotcha. didn't copy movies. Yeah, movies like what's the? You're That's gonna watch illegal. a movie once. <laughs> no, yeah, it just doesn't even have like a reason. Yeah, I, like, I didn't often do that. Yeah. No, I copied a lot of wrestling from there. Uh, I mean, that was a mind blower to be able to say, "Wait a minute, I have I have two VCRs. I can do that." I think I was ten. Yeah, when I started figuring it out, I was like, I can do this, right? And I figured it out, and it's pretty easy once you figured it out. Right? It great, I love yeah. doing it. Uh, but man, I I got to tell you, the independent ones is where it was at for me, and I had a different rotation of them depending on if I was staying with my grandparents, maybe for the weekend, or my mom, or sometimes my dad would take me to a different video store, and they all had a different feel. But what they had in common was low income stores that were doing their best to keep their heads above water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I remember that when you go in there. And and I loved being able to support that. I want I want you to tell the, the good action story because this is something we referenced on our old show, A Real Life, and we've never... We never e- even explained this, I don't huh? think we've ever explained good action. So, so when I was working at the video store that I worked at... Which is like the early 2000s. It's like 15 or something. Yeah. There used to be this guy that owned the pizza shop. A shitty pizza place. And you know he'd come near the end of business hours, obviously, because he's also working. Yes. And he's running his pizza shop next door. It's shitty, too. And it wasn't good. He, I didn't know if he was Enzo or like... He's not Enzo. He's like Victor or whatever his name was. I don't know. But anyway, he'd come in, and the first thing, he would, he would come up to you every single time, and he'd be like, you got good action? <laughs> like, every time. You'd be like, I don't know, man. Like, it's like, uh, let me look. Like, what came in this week or whatever? And it's like, Die Hard Four or whatever that one was with Matthew LeBlanc. Not Matthew LeBlanc. Not Matt LeBlanc. Who's it? Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Remember that? Like Matt LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc. No. (laughs) You know what I mean, though. You'd always be like... David Schwimmer. But because he said good action, I always felt like this weird obligation to find an actual good one. (laughs) Like, I love it. Like, I'd feel, like, guilty if I gave him it, because he, w- he would tell you what he thought of it when he got back. Wait, he did? I didn't know that Because part. He, he worked there. Well, I know he worked, that. He, but he, he was, like, a neighbor. He was, like, next door. Yeah, it was, so he'd obviously have to return it. But did he tell you he liked it or not? Sometimes, sometimes not. I, again, I felt like uh, if I recommended him something that I thought was, like, subpar, but I just wanted him to get him out of my hair, I was, like, hoping he wouldn't, like, get sad, <laughs> you know? 
It's such a good story, though. Yeah. You got good action. Good action. Every time, Every right? single time. <laughs> I just love that story. There was people that just, they were looking for a particular thing. You know, action movies, some got, yeah. some, some women are looking for romantic comedies, mm. like whatever. Workout tapes. Workout tapes. They yeah. were there. The saloon doors, that which was, again. Mm, yeah, oh, mm, the saloon mm, doors. I mean, mm, should, we, should we spend a second on what the fuck that is for the kids at home? Porn. Porn, yes. <laughs> That's what it was. So, But it was weird because to denote <laughs> that it was porn because like obviously they didn't want to put it behind like a door door because then nobody would find it right, right? Yeah, you had- so they had the saloon doors I remember I wandered in like once when I didn't know like I didn't understand yet I was like eight or something yeah, like yeah. that and I was like what's this in here like and, and my parents were like no like and they like just grabbed me <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand. It's a video. Like, what what could be so bad, right? I don't think I ever wandered into that. I don't know when I actually found out what it was, but I remember asking my mom. She's like, you don't want to go in there or something like that, you know? Very discouraged. We didn't even talk about this, but that was like a big business for these places. (laughs) Now it's all streaming. Yeah, now it's all streaming. (laughs) Porn or whatever now. But back then, this was your porn. Yeah, like, it yeah, was the, yeah, the the greasy corner of your lo- local behind the saloon doors, your local strip malls, video or store. cowboy doors, as some people would call them. Yeah, cowboy doors, yeah. right? So th- th- it was I don't a know thing. If it, cowgirl might be. Never mind. That's not necessary. You know what I always sorry w- retroactively wondered. There's a family program. What? Retroactively wondered. What and maybe our listeners. Did they update the porn in there, or was it just like Harry. this is what we got, <laughs> and whenever we got it. Like, was there new porn? Oh, that's true. Were there new, was there a like new, new release? New releases of porn behind the doors? Because I wasn't old enough. By the time I got old enough, they didn't carry that shit. Because Blockbuster, like, got rid of oh, that. Yeah, no, like, they didn't do that. Yeah. So they did not do that. Yeah, they did not do that. This is a family store. <laughs> <Right? Like, laughs> we are not doing that. No, but I mean, listen, the whole point that we were trying to come to with all of this is that. A lot of us have the shared experience of going to the video store, and I guess, uh, listen, I was being a little bit cavalier before when I said you just want the product, and you, mm-hmm. however, however you get it, but I guess there was a little bit more to it than that, right? It is still the experience of it, would you say? Yeah, it was, it was an experience. It was, it was an event like going to the movie theater. Yeah. You know, your, your parents event. would take you, and it was like a thing you did. There was always families in in the video store, yeah, right? Yeah. Especially blockbusters because they didn't have porn, right? Yeah. As we as we've well yeah. established at this right, point, yeah. there were no saloon doors on that one. Quinn. Yeah, exactly. No, but I mean, even as teenagers, Quinn, I think you and I went to a couple of um, parties, sleepovers for a friend, and uh, but one of the want to rent American Pie. <laughs> <laughs> There was always, like, that was fine, but there was always some batshit horrible movie that we had to rent because he wanted to. Want to rent Final Destination 3? Yeah, or like Euro Trip or one of those trips. Euro Trip was great. Wait, what's Scotty doesn't know? I mean, it's not great. It's funny. Like, it's got a few ha-has, I guess, a few guffaws, but you know what I mean, right? Uh Where that was the communal thing. We're all 16, 17. Let's go to the video store and figure this out, you know? Mm -hmm. And I certainly love doing it, but. I also don't know that I miss it. Can I be honest? Like, I, I don't know. Is that callous of me? Am I being callous? I miss it and I don't miss it. I more wonder, does it cheapen like selecting movies for later generations? Like, yeah, because I think it does. Do you, and do you think that younger generations spend as much time on the like looking around screen as ne- on Netflix as we do? Because we're, yes. we're, we're so, I'm saying we were, it was bred into us that 
you're making a fucking decision when you run a movie. Like it, it's almost like built into our decision process when we're flipping around on Netflix. And maybe that's not the case for the younger generations where they'll just click on anything because it's just like, whatever. Well, cause you, you can turn it right off. Yeah, but. exactly. But we would, you know, for us, it's like, okay, I'm looking for something. That was a commitment. Yeah. That's one thing that's different now. Yeah. Back then, it was a commitment to go to if the video store. If you picked the wrong movie, you were screwed. Yeah, that was your weekend. That's it's, your it's weekend. Over. Or the wrong video game, which I did a plenty yeah. of time. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness! Sometimes I would pick some clunkers for Super Nintendo. Oh yeah, I'd regret it. You know, I mean, like, why did I pick Super Bass Fishing or whatever? You know, <laughs> you picked Super Bass Fishing multiple times. I would always pick something that was like way too hard. And then you couldn't get past the first fucking stage. <laughs> like those Simpsons games where you're like, Bart's what is, Nightmare? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I what is, loved Bart's what Nightmare. What is even happening? Hard as hell, but I liked it. I liked it. Loved I it. thought it was weird, but I remember it being like random. Like yeah. where the hell you ended up. And I was like, sometimes I just- It was a dream. Yeah, sometimes you couldn't make it past the first screen. Well, there was Bartzilla, and there was so many yeah. different things. Uh, don't worry, we'll be talking more about video games and all those things later on as the series progresses here. I also uh, tried Virtual Bart couldn't yeah. uh, oh my goodness want to rent tough. the rocketeer in like the first stage is impossible <laughs> but that's the thing i mean it was more of a commitment however i think that people still enjoy the act of looking for something to watch i mean i don't do you not do it i think everyone does it i, I would wager that most people now, spend when, I, when i'm searching on netflix i still have that i'm going to waste my time if this is a wrong choice mentality like it's hmm. still like ingrained in my selection process you think it's because of the video store is it i think it's totally because of that i think i spend way too much time on the on the selection screen do you think that the rental setup helped people to maybe enjoy stuff that they wouldn't normally if it was streaming that's another aspect because they can't turn it off right Right. they're just gonna well i I spent money on this and i'm exactly wash it exactly it's like it's like buying food even if it's not good, you're probably going to eat as much of it as you can because yeah. you spent money on it and you're hungry. Even as a memory that we didn't even discuss, I knew this happened all the time. It's like sometimes they have a um, rent to get one free or something oh, like I love that. Those, yeah. And then, you know, that would that would encourage people to rent really weird shit. Yes, rent to get one free. Yeah. I remember that. One of my stores very had common. That. Very common. Very common like weekend thing. Yep, it was very good for the weekend, too. Get a couple of mm-hmm. tapes for the price of two. Get three tapes for the price of two. Actually, I think they did a lot during the week, too. Like two for Tuesdays or some crap. Two like, for Tuesday? You know, like like one of those dumb things. Two, one, where four, they, three? They take the day, and they're like, well, this is day, it's really quiet in the video store. Let's like <laughs> encourage people to like get over here. I guess it's not a big traffic day, yeah. right? Tuesday, no. Oh, my God. Like The worst days were like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It was like fucking nobody. That's because TV is really good those three days. Yeah. Typically in the 90s. I mean, and even mo- Monday's big only because it's return day. Yes, But correct. like Monday, because uh, sometimes you get people that stick around and rent something else. Like after oh, they return, upon, the return. upon yeah. the return, so you yeah. had traffic on Monday, but people probably weren't watching it because Monday night football and you know that kind of good shit. point. Yeah. yeah, I mean it was TV was a tough, some stiff competition Monday to Thursday, Michael. It's true. Got Roseanne and Home Improvement on Tuesdays. Wonder Years, Wonder on like Years, Wednesday. Yeah. Must see TV Thursday. I mean, mm-hmm. come on now. Yep. TGIF, Nothing on Friday. Uh, well, TGIF mm. on Friday, but and then you had Snick on Saturday, and uh, you know, like yeah, but you could watch your movie in the middle of the day, and then sometimes on Sunday they just put a fucking movie on TV. They did you Sunday know? Night Movie. Yeah, I believe it was called. Yeah. So, wasn't it? like the Disney one that's like super special. Oh, I know the one yeah. you mean. Anyway, but like, yeah, the movie th- they had to contend with that too. So they had to contend with a lot. I just think that it's um, it's one of those things that just passed us by. I don't know if anything will ever replicate it. 
You know, and I, I don't think. I mean, unless um, the the zombie apocalypse comes and technology right. breaks down, and there's a need for old fucking DVDs to be rented because it's the only form of entertainment, <laughs> or old VHS tapes, and that hasn't been discrot, yeah, obviously, and there, yeah, or whatever's left, yeah, in in the, in the apocalypse, um, yeah, <laughs> like I think as long as physical media doesn't make a comeback, then rental stores aren't making a comeback, right? right yeah. I think it's very niche now to have a video store. I'll say this. I could see somebody opening up one like how they do a barcade. Of course. You know, something to that, like a, a twist sure. on the on, a twist on it, right? I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but I know they still exist. It's just, but yeah. it's more of like a, a novelty. Right. But it's not even up there with the way vinyl made a huge comeback because the, the, the one thing that vinyl has over the quality um, was still good that's exactly what i was gonna say was like archaic right vinyl still has its you know audiophile enthusiasts and things people that swear by the quality it was mastered differently but you can't say that vhs is better quality than streaming no like you can't tangibly but, say that but you can also make the case that the there's a vhs feel I, I don't know well, how else to explain it. That's an it. intangible, and I'm with you 100%. Yeah, like... 100%. And sometimes they put it in movies, like, as a as a callback. <laughs> like, like Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. where, you know, Star-Lord, how he's a big 80s fan, or, or, like, something like that, or, like, a horror movie when it's, like, a shaky cam, or, you know, yeah. and it goes to VHS quality briefly. Well, and not only that, Quinn, the... The trailers that would sometimes be put onto the VHS tapes, as we've oh talked God. about with Turtles 2. Yeah, the kids. And what, Step the Kids. kids step Kids, yes. Wasn't even released as that. Yeah. Whole different story for another time. Yes. My dad's almost 40. Looks like he's 30. Thinks like he's 20 and acts like he's 10. He's fun to play board games with. But things like that, just the intangible, the little... Um, the trailers alone yeah. on... Do you remember... Here's a memory. Yep. Do you remember uh, when you rented a movie and they got they started to get really heavy on the trailers because they were like, "Wait a sec, we could put trailers for things that are coming to Blockbuster." Yes, <laughs> and it was like, yeah, it started. There'd be like fucking six trailers on the I tape. Remember. Like yeah. it'd be like, "What the hell's going Just on?" Just like here? the theater. Yeah, you get a, like twenty minutes of trailers. In yeah, the exactly. Uh, so. I think there's something to be said for its time and place, but it's another one of those things that has just passed by. I don't see it making a widespread comeback ever. No. Literally ever. Mark my words, if in 50 years, you know, when I'm watch in, it's a, like, in a home somewhere. Watch it's like three years from now, like after this <laughs> podcast, and we just sound stupid. It's like everyone's going to the video store again. Blockbuster has reopened, blah, blah, blah. Now with uh, 1,300 stores open. Yeah, yeah. Hey, if that's the case, I'm willing to they're sound like cafe, stupid. They're like cafe 80s or something, <laughs> like inside. Yeah, exactly. like you, get, you get a bite to eat and a rent a tape. Hey, I'm willing to be the fool for everyone's yeah. entertainment if that's the case. Mm -hmm. I'll be totally wrong. If it brings back physical media, if we can go rent something, I'm totally fine with it. Uh, but folks, we do hope you've enjoyed being with us here this week for another edition of Acid Wash Memories. We want to hear your stories and your reminiscence of the video store blockbuster maybe hollywood video maybe your local stores let us know do that on twitter at awm podcast and you can also join our facebook group acid washed memories but we will be back next week for something completely different until that time i am joe Murata. that is michael quinn we are wishing you to be kind and please rewind we will see you next week on Acid Wash Memories. See ya. Like what you heard? Be sure to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We will see you next week. Yeah.